You are Locked On Kings, your daily podcast on the Sacramento Kings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time. Time for another episode of Locked On Kings. Welcome in to day two of our discussion on the NBA boycott. Players refusing to play in playoff games in order to take a stand together against social inequality and systemic racism, sending a message that police brutality and the death of black men and women in this country must come to an end. Yesterday, you heard from current Sacramento Kings assistant coach and former player Bobby Jackson, who spoke on the issues in our country and shared his thoughts as someone who was part of the Orlando bubble on the significance of the boycott and NBA players taking a stand. Today, you'll hear from another former King, current radio broadcaster, and my friend Henry Turner on the Locked on Kings podcast. Hello and welcome into Locked on Kings, your podcast hub for Sacramento Kings coverage all regular season and all off season. My name is Matt George. I am your host. I'm a Sacramento sports radio host and multimedia journalist who has covered the Sacramento Kings for the last six seasons. Like yesterday's show, I encourage you to really listen to today's conversation and think about some of the things Henry Turner will tell you during this interview. It will be uncomfortable, it will be alarming, and it will be beneficial for all of us to hear, to educate ourselves on, and ultimately to help change. So, here it is, my conversation with the high flyer Henry Turner. I am joined right now by former NBA player, former Sacramento King and current Kings radio broadcaster, the high flyer Henry Turner, back with me. And I always look uh, look forward to speaking with Henry because usually we get into some fun basketball conversations. But this week, Henry, we've had some incredible, historic, and powerful moments happen within both the NBA and the WNBA, even Major League Baseball getting involved involved in uh, Major League Soccer getting involved as well. But it all started with the NBA, uh, with the Milwaukee Bucks deciding to uh, boycott their game. Uh, all three playoff games on um, Wednesday ended up being postponed slash canceled because of players uh, using their platform and saying this game's not important. What is important is... Uh, spreading the message uh, message of ending the social injustice and, and racism that, that happens in our country far too often uh, at the hands of, uh, of police officers and our police force. So first off, Henry, can you explain to someone like myself and to someone who is maybe a fan of the NBA, a fan of basketball, who grew up watching it, loves the game, but never played it and was never part of that, that, uh, that player mindset or even coach mindset, what the significance is of what the Milwaukee Bucks and what these NBA players are doing and have done in the Orlando bubble? Well, first of all, Matt, you know, the players understand the platform that they have. And, you know, and it's not the players of old. This young generation, man, they are definitely about it. They're definitely in the forefront. And they know that if some change is going to come about, they're the ones that's going to have to do it. You know, I think when you talk about the Milwaukee Bucks, I think George Hill, man, George Hill had a lot to do with uh, how the Milwaukee Bucks uh, went by coming up with their decision because he was very moved, man. He was very involved in what is going on. And then, you know, you have LeBron James there. LBJ, I have to take my hat off to him 
because he's one of the guys that can actually say and do almost anything he wants and he's going to be heard and he's not afraid to do so. You know, we have a lot of guys out there that have voices that are afraid to say something because it might, you know, mess up their brand or it might change what's going on economically for them with their jobs. So they really don't say anything, but LBJ knows right now that if he doesn't make another dime, him, his family, his grandkids are going to be okay. So he's going to do quote unquote, the right thing. He's going to say something. He's going to stand up for what's right. And I think between him, Chris Paul, uh, being the, uh, the president of the Players Association, those guys understand that change needs to come. I mean, what we have going on now, Matt, in these streets is this is just appalling to me. And, you know, we, we want to call it a race thing, but how can you call it a race thing when, you know, you don't have white people walking down the street just killing black people? That's not the situation. You have the police that's brutally abusing their power on black people. I think it's more of a police reform that needs to be done more than anything else. How do you respond to the criticism of those who maybe they are basketball fans or maybe they're just trying to, to get involved and this is the only argument they can come up with? Those saying, well, not playing a basketball game does nothing towards actually solving the issue or solving the problem. You're just bringing the attention on yourselves. How do you respond to something like that? Matt, the attention has to go somewhere. You know what? The protesting has only done so much. And these things are still happening on a day-to-day basis in the United States. So you have to elevate. You have to go higher. Now, I'm like this. I'm down for peaceful protests. I'm with that. But if peaceful protest doesn't get anything done, that's why guys escalate the looting. It's like if you guys are not going to listen to what we're trying to say right now, you have to do something else to get their attention. Now, with the NBA players, they're not going to go out and lose. Of course not. They're bigger than that. They have a bigger platform. But I'll tell you what. Refuse to go out and play this game. And now you're going to get the attention of the higher ups. You're going to get the attention of the Adam Silvers, the Roger Goodells. You know, the people who definitely have a seat on a higher level to where you can get things done. It's a damn shame that the police hasn't been arrested to the the ones who killed Breonna Taylor. That's ludicrous to me. They haven't been arrested. They need to be held accountable. I'll tell you what, if police start being held accountable for killing people the same way as anybody else that would commit murder, a lot of this would change. Can you explain the significance of what these NBA players are risking and giving up by taking this stand? It's easy for someone on the outside to say, these are these are young millionaires. These guys, they don't need this job. They have money. They're, they're well taken care of. But it goes beyond that, risking not only your financial future, but your future in the league, the the uh, the prosperity of the league that has provided so much for these players and provides so much for all of us. When a team like the Milwaukee Bucks, who are expected to be potentially the NBA champions this year, they say this game isn't worth it for us. What is the significance of that? 
Matt, you know, we have this saying, nothing's bigger than the game, right? But we're talking about humanity here. We're talking about lives. Lives is much bigger than the game of basketball. Basketball is just a game. Yes, you're going to make millions and millions and millions of dollars on this game. But this game is nothing compared to a human life, white or black. So that's why these guys are willing to go out and put whatever they got on the line. Yes, a lot of these guys are millionaires and it's not gonna change their lifestyle one iota. You know, the only difference is, is that they're gonna to have to wait to buy their next Mercedes or Ferrari or Bentley. But still, they know that they are also the ones who can speak the loudest for change. And they're willing to do that. That's my thing. I take my hat off. They are willing to make that sacrifice for the good. I'm with that. Today's episode of the Locked On Kings podcast is brought to you by Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever. The improved Built Bar is even more delicious. They have 18 amazing flavors, including nut and non-nut flavors, and now introducing six brand new flavors like cookies and cream, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, just to name a few. Of course, they still do have their 12 original flavors, which you love, German chocolate, peanut butter, my favorite mint brownie. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and they're easy to chew. And on top of tasting like candy bars, Built Bars are healthy. They're great for the health-conscious guy or girl you can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. The bars are low-calorie and low-sugar, but high-protein and high-fiber, and they're great for the keto diet. Here's the peanut butter bar. 19 grams of protein, 180 calories, 5 grams of sugar, 5 grams of net carbs. My wife's new favorite bar, cookies and cream, 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs. Right now, Built Bar has an incredible exclusive offer. You can get a free cooler with purchase while supplies last. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, all one word, and you'll get $10 off of your next order. Not your first order, your next order. So if you've already taken advantage of a Locked On podcast Built Bar offer before, take advantage of this one too. That's promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. How about for you personally, the pride that you have as a former NBA player, as someone who's still very connected in the NBA, very connected with the Sacramento Kings, you know a lot of these players personally, regardless of where they're playing. How proud are you as a former player to see these young men take advantage of this opportunity, take advantage of this platform, and really make more of an effort to create radical, necessary, great change than members of our government? You know, I, I, I am so proud of each and every last one of those guys, NBA players, because once again, they understand the power that they have. Right now, everybody wants to watch NBA basketball. So they have some type of power. They have some platform. And then when you have the mega stars, the superstars of the NBA, theirs go beyond the playoffs in the, um, and in the NBA championship because of their brands and what else they bring just to society alone. So they know they have speaking power within themselves. Now, the NBA has been great. The NBA has been on the forefront. They have been behind their players. They've been behind their teams. You know, you, you got to give, uh, give credit to the NBA, too, because they have definitely stepped up. 
And then when you talk about, you know, guys who are involved in the NBA but not players, ex-players, you know, what Chris Weber said, and I'm pretty sure everyone in Sacramento has heard it by now. If you haven't heard it, go to Twitter, go to uh, wherever you got to go to and listen to Chris. Mm -hmm. Now, you talk about making a change, and I'm talking about a change overall, even a change here in Sacramento, what Chris Weber said and how he held himself, Matt, you need a cat like that here in Sacramento when you have young players on your squad. If you want to change the culture, man, that's a great guy to start with. And then when you want to go even further than that, my main man, Kenny Smith, did you see what Kenny Smith did on TNT? I was happy to say that Kenny was my friend. Kenny is my guy. I was Kenny's rookie when I was here in Sacramento. We were roommates. That's my dude. When Kenny got up on national television, we're talking TNT. Doesn't get any better, bigger, Matt. And said, hey, I'm an ex-player. First of all, I'm a black man. Second of all, I'm an ex-player in the NBA, and I'm going to show my solidarity. I'm going to stand with my guys and got up and walked off. That was huge. Couldn't get any bigger. And we're pretty fortunate here in Sacramento in the sense that how how connected we are to these people. You mentioned Kenny, his history here in Sacramento. Of course, Chris Weber, a legend here in Sacramento. And then almost a strange one, but I don't know if you heard Robert Ori speak. And he he got very emotional about talking about his son and telling his son, look, if you ever get into any kind of altercation with a police officer, do everything that they say, even if they beat you up, even if they, they slam you on the ground, comply. Do not give them a reason uh, to kill you because I need you to come home to me. And, and having someone like Robert Ori, who is a villain in Sacramento for obvious reasons, uh, say that, that was very eye-opening for me too. Uh, but Henry, this... This can't surprise you how these guys, how current NBA players are speaking up. And you know what? It doesn't surprise me at all that other leagues are following the NBA's example. It should surprise nobody that the NBA is is taking taking leadership in this, and there's power in that and significance in that as well. That's what, you know, that's what the guys in the NBA are hoping happen, Matt, because it's bigger than basketball, man. It's just not basketball. It's being a black man in the United States. You know, I, I had to have that conversation with my son. And, and really, you know, let's keep it on ground level. How do you tell your son to do everything that the police tell you to do when you and your son sit there. And Matt, I almost start crying, man, when I seen this. I had, you know, as a black man, I had to sit there and watch them kill George Floyd on national television with my son sitting right next to me. And I have to look my son in the eye and say, look, son, do what they tell you to do. And he's looking and saying, but dad, George Floyd didn't resist and they killed him. Dad, I'm scared. What do you say to your kid, man? How, how do you explain this? And it's happening over and over and over and over again. I can't, I mean, I, I'm getting teary eyed right now, just thinking that, just watching this man scream, mama. Any black man knows that when you scream for your mama, you are hurt to your soul. 
That's your last line of defense. And I had to sit there, Matt, and watch that with my son and tell him, son, do what they say. That's a bunch of bullshit, man. I know for me personally, and I've, I've, I, to be honest, I mean, I've, I've never experienced, I don't know what oppression is. And, and I think what, what hit me hard besides the fact that what we're, we've been hearing from these players and, and things that you just said, Robert Ori said, Doug Christie came on sports 1140 KHDK and he explained the conversation that he's had to have with his children and, and was driven to tears on the air but it was, and I can't remember who it was. It was hearing the story of Elijah McClain. I think it was Damian Barling who shared it with me. The story of Elijah McClain, and that happened years ago. And that that horrible story. I encourage people to to look that up and 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 get under or understand what that story was like and and how horrifying that is. And it's very similar to what's happening today. What's been happening over the last apparently hundreds of hundreds of years. And then it was someone who told me, and I can't remember who it was, it might have been Doug, that told me, imagine the feelings that you feel when you get pulled over by a police officer. I've been pulled over by police three times in my life, Henry, and all three times I was nervous that I was going to get in trouble with my parents, that I was going to get a ticket, have to pay a couple hundred dollars, and my night would be ruined. And I, I told that same thing to, I believe it was Doug, and Doug turned to me and said, okay, now imagine every time you get pulled over, not knowing if you are going to be alive longer than the next five minutes. And that, that hit me hard. That's it. I mean, like you said, you've been pulled over three times. I can tell you what, I can count on my hand how many times I've been pulled over, pulled out my car, put face down on the ground with a shotgun to the back of my head. I mean, how do you go by saying, okay, this is okay. You know, you have to understand, I was a young black man growing up in East Oakland, California. I came from the dirt. I came from nothing. And then once I began to play professional basketball, yes, I had a little money. So I go out and I buy myself a nice car, some nice jewelry. But, you know, they don't understand that. They're looking at me like, okay, new dope dealer in town. So, yeah, for a long time, I got pulled out of my car, slammed on the ground, you know, and not just me. I got very... I got very good basketball players that's friends that live in Oakland who really went through the same thing. Gary Payton and I talk about it. Brian Shaw and I talk about it. Even Jason Kidd, J.R. Ryder, Antonio Davis, Greg Foster. We've all went through the exact same thing by the hands of the police just because of what we look like or the stigmatism. But that's part of what we had to deal with. You know, that that's nothing that you probably wouldn't even think about. When the police pull you over, you scared to take your hands off of the steering wheel. And then when they ask you for your license and registration, you better not reach in your glove compartment to get it. I, I'd rather for the police to pull me out of my car before I reach in my glove compartment to get my license or my registration. No way. And see, you guys can't even can't even fret on that. When a, when a cop asks you, can I have your license and registration? Oh, sure. You get to reach it in your pocket for it. Oh, we can't do that. Damn sure can't. If you want to go home. 
I'd rather tell a cop, go in my back pocket and get my wallet. That's where it's at. My hands are on the steering wheel. Black athletes speaking out and standing up and using their platform and, and, and trying to cause change is nothing new, Henry, from Jackie Robinson and how he changed baseball uh, to all the amazing stuff and work of Muhammad Ali. How, in your mind, has the platform changed or the opportunity changed for the, the NBA and these players today than back then? Has it changed at all? And is there more power in the fact that this is a whole league standing together rather than one or two case individuals? Well, Matt, you have to understand that the platform has changed. Okay. You know, you had guys that were willing to stand up, but now, you know, you have video. You know, this has been going on for a long time. I mean, it's, it's, it's not like, you know, just in the last 10 years, oh, well, you know, we've had police brutality. No, this has been going on for a very, very, very long time. It's just the fact that we have the technology to see it now. And, you know, and the guys now have the technology to put forward what they want to say. And now that over all of these years, a lot of these young cats are starting to understand there's strength in numbers. There's strength in numbers. If we're going to do this, we all have to be together. That's why I was so proud of each and every last team that was in that bubble when everybody said, if it was just the Milwaukee Bucks, the Milwaukee Bucks probably would have been crucified in the media. They probably would have been crucified and demonized and everything else. But when you get everybody on board, now you got some strength. Now some things can happen. And that's the difference between now and back in the day. You know, we didn't really understand what was going on until the Rodney King thing stepped out. You know, no one knew. We, we, we all talked about it. We knew in the neighborhoods that, oh, yeah, man, did you see that guy get jacked up the other night? Yeah, we saw that. But it didn't hit the national form until they put it out with Rodney King. And now all of a sudden, we have videotape. Wow, this is actually being done. And they're starting to take the next guy, the next guy, the next guy, the next guy. And now we're here. This might be a tough question. I naturally try to have an optimistic viewpoint. And Henry, one of the reasons why I'm having you on, I had Bobby Jackson on, is because I believe it is more important for people to hear from people like yourselves who have been through it, who experience it, who are black men and and, uh, have experienced this in America, who also do have ties to the NBA so they understand what these players are going through versus someone like me who may be able to talk about the game and love the game just as much as anybody else, but who has lived a complete life of of privilege Mm -hmm. and uh, and something that I'm very blessed but disappointed in myself for taking this long to recognize. But I try to have an optimistic viewpoint about things. I look at 2020, the awful year that this has been, the horrible and and sad passing of Kobe Bryant, COVID-19, what it's done to the NBA season, and now, of course, all these these protests um, and, and this horrible police brutality that is going on that isn't just specific to this year, but this year it's really been highlighted and it's really exploded. In your mind, with all the years of this going on, do you feel this 
is finally what is going to create the change needed and the change that we all want to see? Or is there a part of you that goes, man, even with us doing this, this stuff's never going to change and I need to, I will believe it when I see it. No, no, no. I mean, I, I couldn't put no date on when it's going to change because, you know, when you say change, people want it to end. All right. They want it to end. They want it to stop. Now, do I think it's going to stop? No, I don't think it's going to ever stop. But when you talk about change, yes, it's going to have to be some change. If you want some peace in America, because think about it, we're talking about more than just basketball. We're talking about more than just sports. We're talking about humanity here, Matt. So if you want some peace here in America, some things are going to have to change. Now, will it ever stop? I doubt it. What about to fans like myself? And I'm very proud of this Locked on Kings audience. I'm, I'm very proud to have been able to to see numbers-wise how diverse this audience is, how many different people listen from around the world, uh, not just here in Sacramento and not just in the United States. But I do get statistics. And the large majority of my, uh, my audience here on Locked on Kings, who loves hearing about the Sacramento Kings, who loves talking and listening about NBA basketball, that... That the majority of that audience is predominantly white. So what do you say, Henry, to myself, to those NBA fans, those white NBA fans who maybe are supporting this message and are completely behind it, but don't know what to do themselves beyond just lend their support? What do you say to that? You know, Matt, when, when, you, when you get to the root of it, my man, racism is taught. Yeah. You're not born a racist. If you get two kids that's at a child care, one white, one black, they will play together like they are brothers. So the easiest thing that you can do is teach your kids better. That's the only way it's going to change. We already have the guys who are deeply instilled in what they believe in. And yeah, nothing's going to change until those guys die. Of course, everybody has to go. But at the end of the day, if you start teaching your kid better, your kid won't believe in racism. And then he'll teach his kids better. And then they'll teach their kids better. You know, we might not get a chance to see it, but it might happen somewhere down the line if everybody wants to get involved and say, you know, his skin is just white, your skin is black. But I'll tell you what, if you cut both of you guys, both of you guys bleed red and you are all human beings, everyone is treated equally Maybe that's some. Maybe that's going to happen in uh, thirty thirty. Okay, <laughs> maybe it'll happen in thirty thirty, but it's going to take some time. So you know, if if if, if someone want to ask, what can I do? Teach your kids better. Henry, this was awesome. This was powerful. I hope the audience enjoyed it as much as I did. Thank you for all that you've been through. Thank you for showing the the strength and wisdom and appearing here on the Locked on Kings podcast today and speaking out, speaking your mind. I appreciate it. Uh, and it's a, it's an honor to call you a, a friend and a, and a leader in Sacramento. So thank you. Man, stop calling me your friend, man. You're my brother from another mother. What you talking about, my friend? <laughs> I'll take that. I'll take that. Thank you, HT. All right, baby. Thank you again to Henry Turner for joining me here on the Locked on Kings podcast. And thank you to all of you who listened and made the effort to understand what Henry spoke so passionately about. 
I feel that it is very important for all of us, myself included, who haven't experienced the oppression, the profiling, and the violent treatment that black men and women face in this country, to listen, to learn, to understand, to empathize, and to one day prevent what's been happening from continuing. It was announced earlier today that the NBA playoffs would return tomorrow on Saturday, and they should be completed as expected. And while I'm looking forward to talking basketball again and getting back to normal Kings and NBA coverage here on the Locked on Kings podcast, I am committed to not allowing myself to forget about these issues and let them fade into the background. If it's as important to these NBA players as it is, who I admire as athletes and as heroes, it should be just as important to me. Please have a good weekend, stay safe, and thank you again for being with me through these difficult episodes and, of course, our normal Kings content. Until next week, my name is Matt George. You have been listening to the Locked on Kings podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. You are Locked on Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.